Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Blackhawks on Tap. There's a lot of excitement on this podcast right now, and I'll tell you why the Blackhawks win. Yes, that's right, they win after a terrible, terrible streak of games. We're heading into the trade deadline, so things are getting a little tense, but the Blackhawks do win on this beautiful Friday evening over the arch-rival Mustard Tigers, excuse me, I mean Nashville (laughs) Predators, by a score of 2-1 to in overtime. But before we get into all of that, I am your host, Ron Luce, and I am joined tonight by Mr. Patrick Bodeway. This is the second time we get to do this, and I'm excited because we actually get to talk about a win tonight. How you doing, Pat? What's up, man? Oh, man, I'm feeling great after that win. I was, through two periods, I was starting to get a little depressed, I'm not going to lie. I was going to say this is just going to be another game like Wednesday night. It, it was looking horrible. And then that happened, and man, I'm just, I'm going to crack them to that because that was, that was awesome. Crack them. Love it. Absolutely. It was awesome. I can't crack them because my alcohol of choice tonight sits in a glass. I'm drinking some nice horse soldier bourbon. Pat's over there drinking some nice ice-cold beer out of a can. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. evening. It's a Friday. We're in the hashtag Crack'em spirit. Uh, for those of you that don't know what Crack'em is, go ahead and check out ontapsportsnet.com, and you'll know exactly what Crack'em is. Come out to some of our White Sox tailgates, any of our other events. You can win yourself a koozie, and you will always be reminded to Crack'em on the weekend and enjoy yourself a nice cold one. So with all of that being said, Pat, we're talking about a, a Blackhawks win. So the Blackhawks, yes, finally is <laughs> is episode number two, and we're talking about a win as as a duo here on the podcast. The Blackhawks win in overtime, as we mentioned, by a score of two to one. This was a very competitive game. So even though it was only two to one, uh, a combined I'm going to do some quick math here. Carrying my one seventy one shots on net between the two teams tonight. Um, Actually, it might have been actually more than that. Well, let me redo my math here. <laughs> it, uh, I think it's eighty-one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna mm. fact check myself here. Nonetheless, exciting game. Certainly a goalies duel by all means tonight. Uh, both goaltenders, yeah, eighty-one shots on that. That's on mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, sensational goaltending night. Corey Crawford looked absolutely astounding for the Blackhawks. Crazy night. saves. Crazy saves. And you know what? In, in all respect to an opponent, Pecorine, same thing. Looked really, really good tonight. Oh, yeah. Both goalies, man. I mean, this is just truly a goalie duel. And as you know, as a true hockey fan, you appreciate the goalie duel because, you know, when guys are on, guys are on. You know what I mean? Oh, Both. yeah. My, my dad always says a hot goalie can take you so far in the playoffs. You could be a mediocre team, but if you squeeze in as a wild card spot – or, you know, in 7th or 8th seed, like they used to have, hot goalie can take you all the way sometimes. Sure can, and I still think back, you know, way back. I mean, this is going back probably about 15 years, but uh, that 2004 Lightning team, it was a good team. A lot of really great players on it, but they were very top-heavy. You mm-hmm. know, Dale Anderchuk, uh Martin St. Louis, Vincent LeCavier, Brad Richards. But a very hot, a very solid Bulin Wall named Nikolai Hobby Bulin uh, helped carry that team to a Stanley Cup victory. So mm-hmm. I, I 100% agree with what your uh, your dad said there because a, a hot goalie can't take you a lot of places. So mm-hmm. speaking of a lot of places, this game was in a lot of places at points tonight because 
First period, we'll start there. Uh, no goals for either team, but Blackhawks coming out looking strong. A lot of good chances on the power play. I, I want to say about six or seven shots on the power play there in the first period for the Blackhawks. Probably their best look on the power play in a hot minute. You know, they looked like they came out with some energy. You know, what do you think attributed to that energy? Was it just, hey, this is a division rival. Let's get up and get after it. Or is it a, hey, the trade deadline's looming. Eric Gustafson was scratched tonight, which is certainly worth mentioning because he's yes. probably the hottest name on the Blackhawks in terms of a trade target. And we should go win a game because we're 26, 26, and 8 if we win tonight. You know, what do you think gives in terms of their effort on this evening, Mr. Peabodes? Well, I think it's a little bit of uh, it being in Nashville. You know, we have a history together. We don't like each other. The fans don't like each other. But I also think that when Patrick Kane is in his zone, and I saw a tweet earlier. I think he had the puck on his stick for a total of 55 seconds um, in the entire first period, which is his average is like a minute or something like that. I forget the exact number, but it's something – some ridiculous number of having the puck actually on his stick for a time. And when he's on and that power play is attacking the way that they were attacking in that first period, you're going to get chances. I mean, Eddie O says it all the time. If you put the puck on the net, eventually good things are going to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. A hundred percent agree. Yeah. It's one of the few, you know, for a long time, it was always one of the few things I would say with right in accordance with Eddie O and yeah, I mean, you put the puck on net, a lot of good things happen, but mm-hmm. certainly something interesting to mention tonight is that Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, and Dominic Kubalik from a forward perspective were actually a minus tonight, even with the Blackhawks winning. Um, you know, obviously, a little bit of an odd stat, Kane gets an assist in this game, um, but was on the ice for, you know... The, the goal against, essentially, mm-hmm. for, for Nashville. And even though he got that assist, still ends up being a minus one. Uh, in my brain, that makes absolutely no... Oh, no, it does make sense because it was a power play tally. Never mind. Excuse me, oh. folks. Uh, fortunately, power plays do not include account toward the plus-minus ratings. That's You're not okay. alone there, though. I, I was looking at that, too, trying <laughs> to figure that one out. <laughs> and, and and the beauty of this podcast, we are fans, you know, and, and most fans would probably look at that and be like, wait, Kane was on the ice for a goal and against a goal. Wouldn't he be a minus? But no, power play points do not count for or against the plus-minus rating. So even though Kane was a, you know, technically a plus-zero for the night, he essentially becomes a minus one for the evening. Mm. No big deal there. Um, but like you said, I mean, you mentioned Kane and playing big minutes and, you know, times like that. He played 22 and a half minutes tonight, was the leading forward, uh, excuse me, was not the leading forward actually by a whopping two seconds, but was damn near close. Jonathan Taves outpacing him literally by two seconds. Taves playing 22, 38 in this game, Kane 22, 36 in this game from a forward perspective, from a defensive perspective. We don't even have to guess who led the team on ice. Uh, Duncan Keith playing 28-23 in this game. Uh, the next closest defenseman was Connor Murphy. Love to see it because of Eric Gustafson being scratched. They can't overplay mm-hmm. him. 23 minutes, just over 23 minutes for him. Mata and Cuckoo both playing over 20 minutes. 
Interesting note, Boakvist and Sealer only played 12 minutes, 12 and a half minutes for each of them in this game. So, you know, they really felt like they played about essentially, you know, four defensemen for most of this game, which dare I, I say, too. I, I do as well, especially because I like Sealer. I, obviously, he's nothing special. I'm not going to sit here and pretend he's the next coming of a Nicholas Jalmerson or anything of that nature. Sure. But, yeah. you know, he's just a nice third-pairing defenseman. You know, he's physical. He plays a decent defensive zone. He's not going to give you a ton of points, if any at all. But that's fine. That's not what he's there for. You know, he played almost two minutes of uh, shorthanded time tonight. And I, I'm that is encouraging to me. That's his mm-hmm. role. That's the type of player he is. That being said, Adam Bokefist, in his... 12 and a half minutes of playing time tonight, two of that was on the power play. So he really only played 10 minutes of five on five. I get that he struggled. I get that, you know, he's learning and blah, blah, blah. But if you honestly want my opinion, I think he's better than Eric Gustafson right now on the ice. And so on a night where Eric Gustafson is not playing, which is a guy who normally gets 20 minutes of ice time, I'm not saying give Boakfist 20 minutes of ice time because I think guys like Connor Murray, Connor Murphy, and Ole Mata should get that time. But 12 minutes, like I would like to see him closer to, you know, 17, 18 minutes in this game because then that means you know Keith's not playing 28 minutes, probably still playing 25, but he's not you know burning himself out playing you know damn near half a normal time game. Because, I mean, he's just an absolute freak of nature. Also recording mm-hmm. two assists on the night, too. So, uh, a nice night for Keith. Uh, super side note for our listeners. Thankful he did not record his 100th goal. Because I think every single one of our editors over at the beautiful ONTAP Sports Network were in one tonight. So, if he did score his 100th goal, <laughs> that article was going to be a interesting get-out tonight. But, <laughs> nonetheless, um, good for Duncan Keith, though. He did get, worth mentioning... 600th career point in this game so he's he's continuing to rack up those milestones he got his 500th assist uh on i want to say on wednesday night against new york Mm -hmm. he got a 600th point against the uh you know garbage mustard tigers from nashville tonight all he needs to do now is get that extra goal and he's at 100 goals going he came really close to it tonight too he uh he dinged one off the post pretty hard Mm mm-hmm Real close. I thought that was it. I jumped off my couch. almost woke up my six-month-old daughter when it happened, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That's excitement. That's 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 notoriety. There. Oh, yeah. But, she, she's got to get used to it eventually. So. Oh, of course. I mean, you know, when she's 12 years old and falling asleep on your couch, you know, there's no excuse. You know, if you, exactly. score, if you scream when they score, you know, all is good in the world. But Exactly. No, absolutely. There was a lot of, you know, there. tonight was a weird game. I, I think that's worth, you know, taking a step back on and mentioning because, you know, the first period, the Blackhawks looked really, really good, right? The second period, they looked really, really terrible. Nashville outshot them 20-9 to in that second period, scoring their only goal of the game there with Matthias Ekholm netting one, Rocco Grimaldi getting his 20th assist of the season. Good for, by the way, just a super side note, this is just me personally, good for Rocco Grimaldi finding a home in Nashville as a legitimate player, I think he's a mm-hmm. good talent. Always been an undersized guy. Everybody says he can't play in the league. He clearly can. He's got 20 assists this year on a a team that has a chance to make the playoffs. Uh, so good for him there. But nonetheless, uh, Nashville, clearly the better team in that second period. Corey Crawford had a lot to do with that score only being one to nothing. 
And then the third period, another flip of the switch. Our friends over at Natural Stat Trick tell us that, you know, for that Corsi 4, that was the only period the Blackhawks were above 50% in the Corsi 4. Um, otherwise, Nashville pretty much dominated the rest of that game from a Corsi perspective. Obviously, first period, the Blackhawks outshoot the Nashville Predators 12 to 10. But again, shots can be deceiving. Mm-hmm. And clearly, the Corsi 4 shows that as Nashville still had better Corsi 4. So, Peabodes, I ask you an immaculate question here. I mean, obviously, Corey Crawford, great performance by him tonight. But if you had to pick one other player than Corey Crawford tonight, who is your you know, kind of guy that stood out in terms of a performance aspect? I don't want to seem biased because he's my favorite player, but it's got to be Duncan Keith. Uh, to assist, he had a really nice pass to find to bring it for that game winner in overtime. Um, multiple plays where he was just doing the simple things like lifting the stick and getting the puck out of the zone. It's those little things, you know, and I've talked about it before in articles and everything. If you can just do the little thing of clearing the puck from your defensive zone and the other team doesn't have it, they literally cannot score. So you do those little things, and over the course of a game, you got it, and they don't have a scoring chance. So I got to give it to Duncan Keith there. Yeah, Duncan. Yeah, Dunks had a great game tonight, and, and you know what I enjoyed honestly is, you know, obviously with Gustafson being out, everybody probably wondered who's going to take over that top, you know, power play unit as the top mm-hmm. defenseman there, and they could have easily given it to Boakfist, which would have made sense. He's that quote-unquote offensive defenseman of the future. But they went ahead and say, no, we're going to give it to Duncan Keith and we're going to let him do it. And he got a lot of shots off on net tonight. He had himself a four-shot-on-goal you know, shot on goal game, which is very, very, I don't, I don't want to say rare for Duncan Keith, but it's certainly not the ordinary for Duncan Keith. He does have two goals. He is a plus one on the night. So I don't I don't think you're very off there on your uh, – your description of who you thought was player of the game. So I'm right there with you. But another player obviously worth mentioning. I mean, Patrick Kane had himself a great game again as well. Uh, and, you know, a guy that we haven't even touched on yet, Alex Debrinkit, scoring both goals for the Hawks tonight, tips the first one in off of Patrick Kane's shot. And then obviously in that overtime period, he's able to get in front um, of the defense for Nashville. He has a breakaway. And like you said, Keith set him up on that for his second assist of the night to win it at the roughly 58 seconds left in the minute mark, 402 into that overtime period to give the Hawks the winner. Um, you know, we pretty much just recapped in terms of the goal scoring right there, right? Alex Debrinkit, two goals on the night. First one on the power play. Kane shot on net, gets deflected off of Debrinkit, giving him his 15th of the season, ties it up at the 905 mark in the third period and in overtime. To bring it on the breakaway. He doesn't miss. Top shelf cheddar for the win. And the Blackhawks go home happy. The fans go home happy. Johnny Nani is probably strutting out of the United Center right now. Just happy as a pig in mud. And, um, you know, the Blackhawks fans are just happy. Even if this team right now, obviously, in selling mode, clearly the reason they scratched Gustafson tonight Mm -hmm. because there may be a trade in the works. I, I saw via a Twitter channel, via a source, via a source, via a source, via a source, that he was seen leaving the United Center before the game ended. So I'm wondering if he is has been traded and he's going to take a physical um, with that team to make that trade official. Could happen. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. But mm-hmm. nonetheless, um, 
exciting to see the Hawks win against an arch rival. If nothing else, it's just to see them beat that awful franchise that's, you know, an eight-hour drive, only hour and 15-minute or so flight south of us right now here in Chicago because I love the city of Nashville. It's a great time. I, I enjoy country music every once in a while. I enjoy being able to get some good Shiner Bach and, uh, and Yingling down there in Nashville when I go out to the bars. But when it comes to that disgusting yellow and blue franchise-colored team down there, I don't give a damn about them. I mm-hmm. they, they, they go rotten hell. So happy to see them win tonight. But, people, I want, I want you to talk a little bit. This is your boy, and I know it's your boy. And so I want you to be able to just vent about him a little bit in a good way. Corey Crawford tonight was absolutely outstanding. 977 yes, save percentage in over 63 minutes of play. Talk about it. Just, just, just go ahead and vent. You know how you felt Corey Crawford was on the evening, Ron. I, I've been a Crawford defender for a long time. He's gotten a lot of shit over the years. He's got two cups under his belt. He's the guy right now. You know, so somebody asked me weeks ago. You know, who would you rather have, Robin Lanner or Corey Crawford? I would still take Corey Crawford, and this is a prime example why. He stopped. 42 of 43 shots, like you said, for a 977 save percentage. And he proves time and time again that when the big moments come, he can make those stops. He was on point today. He is the reason they won 2-1. to one. It could have easily been 3-1, to 4-1 four to, four to one at one point when you know Nashville was just attack, attack, attack. And especially during that second, awful second period. So you you have to give credit where it's due for all of the Crawford bashers and haters. The guy was there for us today, and he proved why he's a professional goaltender. Yeah, 100%. You know, admittedly, as somebody who, in the argument of Corey Crawford versus Robin Lehner, I take Robin Lehner. A lot of that is because of age. Um, I understand that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Corey Crawford's 34 years old. It's nothing against Crow. I love Crow. I'm going to give a quick selfless plug to my uh, article I wrote today. It was a dear, you know, dear Rocky Wirtz letter, just, you know, talking about change being native for the organization. And, you know, that moving on from Corey Crawford wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. And it's not even because Corey Crawford hasn't done amazing things for the franchise. I think number 50 should be in the rafters at some point in the next 15 years. Um, You know, but sometimes it's just good for, you know, the player to have a chance to actually play meaningful games. You know, if he's on a team like Florida, for example, he's playing meaningful games. That's a team very much still in the playoff mix. Mm-hmm. You know, here in Chicago, it's it's kind of tough right now because they're, you know, they're still quote-unquote in it, but the way they've played lately doesn't show that they're in it. So therefore, you know, it feels like guys like Crow and even Laner are playing kind of meaning, meaningless games right now, which is unfortunate because... You know, for a while there, this team was actually playing meaningful games. So, you know, but still, you know, nonetheless, kudos to Corey Crawford. He had an absolute great game. He was named the star of the game by, um, you know, the panel on NBC Sports Network after the game. So I fully agree with them. He was sensational in the night. He kept this team in it when they did not look ready to play, especially in that second period. Yep. You know, they come out in the third with some sense of urgency, get that tying goal, and ultimately win it in overtime. Corey made a lot of big saves tonight, so I give a ton of kudos to Mr. Corey Crawford because he did a great job there this evening. So before we move on 
Mr. P. Bodes, do you have any last-minute comments about this game before we uh, discuss some other things other than this game? I do. One thing I just wanted to mention, um, we mentioned it just really briefly earlier that Slater Cuckoo had 21 minutes of ice time and uh, Sealer of Oquist only had 12 each. Cuckoo had six minutes of time in the box tonight, and all three of his penalties were stupid. Total bonehead moves. And I didn't understand why he kept getting the ice time. I mean, he kept making these dumb mistakes, and you can't win hockey games. I mean, they did win, but you can't win when you keep putting your team at the disadvantage like that. You know, and I mean, even Duncan Keith, I have to, you know, knock him a little bit too. He made a really stupid uh, penalty to give Nashville that five on three, and that was a dumb penalty too. But I mean, Cuckoo, it, it, what are you doing out there? I mean, it tr- the tripping penalty alone was just stupid to take. It's something that you you can't you can't do at this level. And had that been a playoff game, and they lost it, that would have been a talking point in Chicago. That would have been a huge talking point in Chicago. No one would have forgotten about that because it's those moments where you need to either capitalize on them or they're going to bite you in the ass really hard. And we remember those. Yeah, absolutely. No, you you said it perfectly. I mean, it's, it's tough when, you know, as a defenseman, you're in the box as long as Cuckoo was tonight. But thankfully, it didn't cost the Hawks the game. But yeah, six penalty minutes. Um, by far led the team. Some of them may be bonehead penalties. Overall, you know, he played an okay game. I mean, you know, he got the job done. Mm-hmm. Um, really playing in a top four role, essentially, tonight. If you look at the minute count, you Absolutely. know, four, four defensemen on this team over 20 minutes. Him, Ole Mata, Connor Murphy, and Duncan Keith. Sealer and Bokefist were the two that were under 15 minutes. So, ultimately shows you know who was kind of relied on in this game but Peebos before we move on to previewing the next game uh, I think it's worth mentioning obviously we are in the heart of trade deadline season Um, Mm -hmm. the trade deadline is Tuesday the 25th Uh, the Blackhawks do play on take on the Blues that night Um, so that'll be certainly something interesting to keep an eye on but uh, you know we're we're only about what, 72 hours or so away when this is, is going to get officially released from the trade deadline. So there is not a ton of time for moves to be made. Obviously, with Eric Gustafson not playing tonight, that has something to say about that. He's probably going to be dealt most likely to a playoff contender. A team like Vegas has been very much connected to him, um, You know, being able to be a you know power play guy for them come in and play some bottom six minutes, but, or excuse me, top, you know, defensively, you know, third pairing minutes. But I think something interesting to consider was the trade today that happened and then truly never, ever happened was uh, with the, the, uh, the New York Islanders, right? So for those that are not in the know today, a lot of crazy crap happened on Twitter. If you're a religious Twitter follower like I am, it was a wild day because, uh, according to Darren Drager and other reports at some points today, uh, Ilya Sorokin, he is a goaltender for the New York Islanders, absolutely crushing it over in CSK Moscow, was supposedly traded to Chicago, or at least his rights were. And everybody was all excited because this guy, I don't think he's ever had more than a like 1.7 goals against over in Russia. I mean, he's wow. Been, Nothing short of spectacular. He's 24 years old. He is the 
one of the top goalie prospects in the game right now. And people thought maybe the Hawks traded a goalie, you know, a defenseman and maybe a forward to get this guy. He would have been the goaltender of the future. And then reports came out that Sorokin had indeed not been traded to Chicago, despite the fact that others reported that it was believed to be the case. There was no confirmed trade. Uh, Darren Drager kind of looked like an asshole for it, admittedly admitted it was his mistake. You know, shit happens. It is what it is. But it gave some some Blackhawks fans a little bit of false hope. So, you know, just just kind of as a, you know, thought to keep in the Blackhawks fans' minds, keep an eye on the news in the next three or four days because the trade deadline is going to be interesting. Gustafson absolutely can be moved. One of the goaltenders on this roster currently could absolutely be moved. Hell, the Sorokin trade could still theoretically happen. It Maybe could, it just yeah. got pre-reported. So just things to keep an eye on as a Blackhawks fan. I don't think this team stays totally pat and doesn't do anything. I think at least one move happens between now and Tuesday. And I think as a Blackhawks fan, just keep an eye on your Twitter. Um, Darren Drager tends to tweet things that don't always happen. But um, Elliot Friedman's a good one, as is Bob McKenzie. Go ahead and turn their alerts on for the next four days because you'll want to keep them on and know when things are actually happening because oh, absolutely. there's a very good chance that this team makes a move between now and, you know, the deadline time on the 25th. So just just something to keep an eye on. We over here at Blackhawks on Tap want to keep you informed and ready. With that being said, we're going to move on from this game. Yes, we're excited about a win. Yes, we're excited about Alex Dabrinka getting two goals. I don't think we talked about that enough. Uh, that was mission critical for them. Him getting that back on track. He's up to 16 now in the year. But we're going to look forward. And with looking forward, uh, there's another game coming up. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. The Hawks do play another hockey game. I know, it's crazy, right? It's not like football where we get a week in between games. They they play very quickly um, after <laughs> After playing tonight, uh, so today is Friday as we record this. It'll probably be Saturday or maybe even Sunday when you listen to this. But the Hawks do play on Sunday. They are playing the Dallas Stars. They are at Dallas at 2 o'clock Central Time. So when you're waking up from your hangover, like I know I will be after tomorrow night, <laughs> um, you got about three or four hours until they uh, decide to actually play hockey, not a whole you know eight or nine hours when they normally do. So the game is in Dallas, as we mentioned. It will be on NBC Sports Chicago. There's a lot of good things to look out for. This Dallas team is a very good Dallas team because, mm-hmm. you know, Joe Pavelski, Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan, uh, Alexander Radulov, the, the list goes on and on. And they have a lot of good depth on this team as well. This is a good hockey team, arguably one of the best in the Western Conference. So, you know, Peebos, when you're looking at this this matchup, especially with the current state of the Hawks, we don't know where Eric Gustafson's going. You know, Brent Seabrook's gone. Calvin Hahn's gone for the season. Who knows who starts in net? What if Robin Landers traded? We'll never know. What are you looking forward to and at least just thinking about for this game on Sunday? Well, first of all, it kills me to see it and say that Joe Pavelski is a Dallas star because I'm a closet San Jose Sharks fan at times. Um, So that hurts a little bit. But 
it's an interesting matchup because St. Louis and Dallas are kind of battling right now for that first and second seed, and they actually just played tonight with uh, St. Louis winning. I believe it was five to one, and it's interesting because in that scenario, Dallas really wants to get that first seed over St. Louis, right? So essentially, every point is crucial for them too. So they need this win right now as much as they as the Hawks need this win as well too because the Hawks sit uh I believe six points out of the wild card behind Calgary uh yeah six points out now uh from that second wild card spot so both teams it's a must win for them and what really stands out to me is the 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 history behind this matchup may not be as great as the history with the Hawks and Vancouver or Nashville or Detroit, but we've played each other enough. We know the core players. They know our core players. It's going to come down to the little things that matter, and I think that this is a winnable game. They're a really good team, but I think that this is a game where Dallas might overlook the Hawks just a little bit, thinking, oh, this is just going to be a wash. We're going to walk all over these guys. This is one you could steal, and this is one where you can climb those rankings again, get those two points in regulation. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the the Dallas Stars, um, actually tonight, I'm, I'm pretty sure they lost. Let me let me confirm that. I think they it was 5-1 to one in favor of St. Louis. Okay, I was going to say it was 4 nothing when I last saw the game, so that's why I wanted to check. And, yes, you were absolutely right. The Blues... Won five to one. Interestingly enough, mm-hmm. uh, the shots on goal only twenty three versus nineteen for the entire game. So St. Louis capitalizing on five of twenty three chances is pretty efficient for them on the evening. Uh, Steen, Perron, Cairo, and Schwartz all tallying. Oh, and Pareko all tallying for the Blues in this one. Oleksiak tallying for the Stars. So you know this is a team coming off a loss to admittedly a good team. The St. Louis mm-hmm. Blues are still probably the best team in the Western Conference. Um, from top to bottom, you know, and, you know, maybe you can take advantage of them, you know, coming off a loss and maybe being a little down on themselves because they are so high up in the, the playoff standings. Maybe you steal two points. Maybe you make things interesting. Or maybe you come out, you know, shit a brick and show people why maybe this team shouldn't be in the playoffs. But yeah. nonetheless, we're, we're, we're going to be hopeful. We're obviously going to hope for a win. We're Blackhawks fans. We love to see wins. You know, obviously, if we try and sit back and be, you know, calculate things and be, you know, theoretically, you know, what is the best for this team? Yeah, you want them to lose because losing means a better draft pick. But losing as a fan still sucks to watch. And, you know, it's it's tough to root for a loss. So we're going to hope that this team wins the game here on Sunday afternoon. But... Peebos, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to you because I would love to hear what your stick-to-click is in this game coming up here on Sunday. The last couple times I've picked Alex to bring it, tonight he showed up. So I'm going to ride the hot hand. I'm going to stay with Debrinkit. Keep going, man. You led the, you led the team in goals last season. Uh, I believe last time we talked he scored number 14, so he's got to be at 16 now, I believe. Correct. And dude. Go out and get 17 or an 18, you know, against Dallas. Let's get another, you know, 2-1, to 3-1 to one victory or something like that. Let's do it. Let's take it to him. Let's go to Brinkett. That's my stick to click. How about you? I dig it. No, I love it. I'm going to go ahead and, and, and stick with a guy tonight that I thought would have capitalized on the score sheet. 
he had a uh, a break. Yeah, well, uh, see, I'm, I'm I'm torn. I got two guys in mind. Um, nope, I'm gonna stick with him. He had a breakaway tonight, resulted in a penalty shot. He didn't capitalize it. That's okay. Brandon Sod's playing really good hockey right now. And yes, you know, I, I think he's going to get one against Dallas on Sunday. I think I think he's gonna register number nineteen and you know, maybe give help propel this team to a win. Obviously the easy picks are guys like Taves and Kane right now, just because they are the two best players on this team statistically. But I'm gonna go ahead and say Brandon Saad because you know, when he is actually playing games, he is scoring. And that second line, even when Ryan Carpenter's centering that second line, that Taves Carpenter sod line has just had some magic to it. So I'm going to go ahead and say the man child, or who was once known as the man child, number 20, Brandon Sod, is going to be the sti- my stick to click uh, for Sunday's game against Dallas. So without further ado, uh, we want to make sure we get out of here with some closing thoughts. So, Peebodes, what are your closing thoughts for the evening? Obviously, reflecting on a win. And looking forward to this Dallas Stars game here on Sunday. Let's take this win and build off of it. That's all I can say. I mean, I was preaching patience a few weeks ago, and mine's running thin, especially since that awful road trip they had in Canada. So just take this one game at a time and and keep pushing. You you, you can make the playoffs as, as a wild card team, and anything can happen at that point. You know, this isn't the NBA. You know, just keep keep trying. That's all I can say. I dig it. Totally true, though. I mean, you know, the NBA is is very much, you know, um, in favor of the favorite. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of times the the top seeds do win. Uh, In the NHL, it is there is a little more parity in the NHL, and you know, lower seeds will beat better seeds uh, at times. For example, last season, the Columbus Blue Jackets coming out of nowhere and beating the uh, the the Tampa Bay Lightning. Not only did they beat them, (laughs) yeah. Not only did they beat them, but they swept them. Yep. four games, which nobody absolutely expected. A lot of teams, a lot of screwed teams. my bracket up. Yeah, it, it messed mine up too. I had I had Tampa going all the way, I think, to the Eastern Conference Finals. So I, I'm totally there with you on that one. So it all goes to show that you know crazy things can happen when teams get hot. But nonetheless, it, it's still nice to see a Blackhawks win, even you know if this team is not ultimately destined for the playoffs. So. We've got a DeBrinket pick. We've got a Sod pick. We've got all of it here for our sticks to click. And, you know, from the rest of the Four Feathers crew, we'll all be back. You know, we got Patrick Kaminsky working late nights, which is unfortunate. We got Johnny Nani repping the brand over at the United Center. And we got Tony, uh, Mr. Marchese, losing his bags uh, in another city somewhere <laughs> courtesy of southwest airlines um, go ahead and check out on twitter and you can follow along with that crazy story as well uh but you know all of us are, are hoping for a w here on sunday and 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 some combination of the two of us maybe even three of us will be on the pod uh after that game on sunday to talk about what happened and what's going on with this blackhawks franchise so Without further ado, I would like to thank all of our listeners for joining us on this Blackhawks on Tap. Patrick and I had an absolute fantastic time. Um, admittedly, alcohol was involved in this one, so that made it a little more animated than it may <laughs> usually be at this time of the night, but that's okay. Uh, but we do want to remind you to go ahead and check out all of our great work over at the ONTAP Sports Network. You can find us on the webs- on the interwebs 
at www.ontapsportsnet.com. This is the best home for all of your literature, podcasting, needs, wants, and desires about your favorite Chicago sports teams. Obviously, that includes Blackhawks. You're listening to some of that great coverage right now. We also have great Bears and Bulls coverage. You know, Bears offseason getting real interesting. Prince of Wukamura, mm-hmm. as well as Taylor Gabriel being released today. Go ahead and check out that article from our Bears guys over there. The Bulls just plain flat out suck. I feel bad for Buzz, you know, having to consistently cover this team. But he does, and he does, and him and Bull Scripted do an absolutely great job. So please they do, do a great check job. out. Yeah, they, you know what? They they fully just capture the feeling of being a Bulls fan in perfect harmony with their magical voices. So go ahead and check them out. You got Bulls on Tap, as well as all the great articles that are done over there too. Guys like Josh who are putting out great articles as well. Go check them out. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, baseball is right around the corner. There was a uh, exhibition game today, actually, um, and there will be plenty more over the weekend, starting for all teams across Major League Baseball. You know, go ahead and check out both sides of town. I know, you know, we got Cubs and Sox guys over at OnTap Sportsnet. I think both sides cover their respective teams incredibly well. There's a lot they of do. great coverage over at the ONTAP Sports Network, so don't miss out on that. We also cover all the other sports in between, little, big, you know. We got it all over there. You can also find us not only on the interwebs, but also on the social medias. That is Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can find us at ONTAP Sports Net on all of those platforms. And once again, we are on the interwebs at www.ontapsportsnet.com. The ONTAP Sports Network. Go ahead and check out what is on tap in Chicago sports. Whew, it's the weekend. Go ahead and crack them. From myself, I am Ron Luce with my fantastic co-host, Mr. Patrick Bodeway. Hashtag P-Bodes. Thank you. We wish you nothing but the best for the weekend. The Blackhawks beat the Nashville Predators. We're looking forward to Sunday's game against the Dallas Stars. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we all... Only know one way how to get out of here. How do we get out of here tonight, P-Boats? Go Hawks! Let's go Hawks, baby. Enjoy your weekend, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) 